You're listening to CNN. I mean, movie night. Attention! Attention! Ladies and gentlemen, attention! There is a herd of killer rabbits headed this way. We desperately need your help. Selling ice cream. There's clowns who run killing people all in danger. I knew it was a mistake to issue weapons. That's it. No more. Alright, welcome to Movie Night. Each week we gather on Xbox Live to dig through some of the nastiest stuff Netflix has to offer. Today's movie is Chai Lai Angel's Dangerous Flowers. Well, let's get into it. Dan, if you want to start, we'll just go Dan, Jay, and Undead, and then I'll do it. Hey, this is Apocalypse Dan. This is Jay Dirty. This is On Dead Muffin. And I'm Rhino, the MC of this little shindig. (laughs) (laughs) This week we were treated to an excellent chance to watch um, young Thai children in various stages of undress. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? (laughs) And borderline legal. Uh, (laughs) Why are the feds about (laughs) Said the wrong thing. It probably would have been. It probably wouldn't have been an even worse movie if it had had all that in it, but uh, luckily it was just a uh, an action film that we mistakenly didn't realize was targeted towards children because the title and the cover art makes it look like it's for perverted white guys who want to look at Asians in various stages of undress. And it, it turns out we actually... Yeah, it tur- <laughs> None of us are like that at all. It turns out what we actually watched was a movie targeted towards uh, Thailand's youth, uh, sort of like their version of Spy Kids or... Uh, Race to Witch Mountain or any of the other crappy action movies that we've had to watch with our kids. Or mentally challenged adults. <laughs> or mentally challenged. Yeah. That'll come up People later in the Canada, episode, I'm sure. <laughs> There'll be a lot of downs going on. <laughs> we just lost the down. Hey, they did have that down we did have that down syndrome guy in the final scenes of the movie, or one of the final scenes. Yeah, it's about time. Like, Get with the downs. <laughs> that was a Stephen King reference. I feel. I personally feel that was a the homage to Stephen King and how he likes to put down uh, syndrome children in, in every story and movie. And yeah, yeah. So that's a little scary. Did Cujo have downs? 
I think Cujo was actually the Down syndrome doll. I was going to say, did the dog have Down <laughs> <laughs> He was You've got to look at his eyes. If they've got those epicanthic folds. See, that's what threw me at this point. They had a Down syndrome Asian, so it's like he had double epicanthic folds. <laughs> hey, would a Down syndrome Asian have American looking eyes? <laughs> Thanks for bringing it back to the reality there, Muffins. I think this is all getting cut out here. <laughs> oh, no. This is the Come most on, brilliant man. observation you've had yet. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to listen to our episode two of Hick Flicks, and then we're going to come back with our movie review. Yeehaw! <laughs> In, insert pause here. <laughs> come on, goddammit, start up. We just need a box of wine. The drive flu liquor store closes in 10 minutes. Stop, damn you, stop! Woo! Now for some tunes. Cletus is when we used to go hunting. 
and he would see a buck that he really wanted, and he'd get that look in his eyes, and he'd be all whoa, and then he'd be like, I'm going to kill that deer. And and then he got kicked in the head by a deer when we thought that he had killed it, and we went to field dress it, and he got down there, and it, 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 it broke his jaw. Ran off. Anyways, that girl uh, has a sister who's like this bitch. I mean, seriously, she's bitchy. And their 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 papa don't want them dating, which I don't see. You know, many people who would date date them because I mean, she she's really bitchy. And the other one, she seems like one of them stuck up girls. Cause she's all. Like a, a pretty, pretty girl. But then he makes a rule change. And it's saying, you know, that the bitchy one, which is more or less the hot one, or the blonde one, whichever I'm trying to think here. Hold on, just say again. But yeah, 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 that's it. He, he makes a rule that the, the, the bitchy one has to date someone before the blonde one can date. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, no one wants to date the bitch, though. <laughs> no pun intended. So, the third rock guy who was trying to date the blonde girl decides to get Heath Ledger to date her, but he doesn't want—he doesn't want to talk to him. So they get this rich kid to bribe him with some money. Old oh, man, that reminds me of the time that Cletus was paid to date a girl. But man. It was nothing like in this movie. This girl was ugly, and she was a bitch. I mean, she had a face like a pig. Well, he married her. Was happy until she left him for that coal truck driver. In fact, he lost the trailer in the divorce. Because while they were married, she gained so much weight, and she couldn't get out of the bed in the back bedroom. And the whole trailer was starting to tip into the ground. Anyways, uh, <laughs> they start snooping around the bitchy girl's room to find things that might help Heath Ledger date her. He uh, then starts going places where she likes to hang out, listening to music that she likes, and then he gets it all in his head that he thinks that she's sexy. So they all get ready and head to this party, and at this party is some guys that they're fighting and this is a really good part so like you know they're, they're fighting and they're really big fighting and, and and this nerdy guy the nerdy guy who didn't know the party was going to be happening at his house he, he tells them please take it outside and they bust out the window <laughs> remind me of time when Cletus and me were wrestling around and I tossed him out of the window took him six months to fully recover oh good times well, the story only gets better after that. I mean, how could it not? It's based off Shakespeare. You know, the Shakespeare's Taming the Shrew. That's right, I know Shakespeare. Cleus thought it was gay, but I took drama in high school. Uh, but it's not gay. There's a lot of manly stuff. Stuff about it, I mean. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. You know... Julius Caesar, that's a manly play. See, I know Shakespeare, and I ain't no queer. 
Okay? Anyways, this movie is one of them teen high school movies that seem to pull it off pretty good. And seeing that it came in at the very tail end of the 90s, it's pretty much a 90s movie. I mean, there's there's a lot of really 90s stuff in it. And if you're missing the 90s, this is a good movie to watch. And let's face it, some of us are missing the 90s. I give this movie four possums on the side of the road out of five. Because I really would like to see five every day, but... You know, I'm, I'm going to say it's just four. And I mean, some of us do really do miss that decade. Well, here's the liquor store. Hey, Jeff, after we're done here, we need to hit the titty bar. I told Mama I'd pick up her paycheck. <laughs> all right, so, uh... uh, uh yeah. So you want to actually talk about the movie we watched? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we uh, we were treated to uh, another Dan Spectacular here. Uh, I have an excellent uh, track record with picking really bad movies, or movies that are just really not meant for people like us. This was 2006's uh, import from Thailand called Chai Lai or Chai Lai's Angels or Chai Lai's Angels Dangerous Flowers. Anyway, you, uh, you serve it up, it was uh, five hot Asian chicks or semi-hot or not quite so hot Asian chicks in various action scenes scattered throughout the movie along with a bunch of trannies and some Asian dudes of indeterminate genetic origin and that was pretty much the movie right there. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. They were hot in a trailer trash kind of way. Well, the the, the Poison Poison was... Oh, she was was Hillbilly? No, Poison. All I know is that Rose... Poison was the hottie. Yeah, hibiscus was oh, Rose. Face. Rose was the panty dancer. Yeah. 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 Hibiscus was the hillbilly. Yeah, then there was <laughs> Lotus and Spadix. Spadix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, and then uh, hibiscus was in there, too. Yeah, that was yeah, the one we were just talking about. It was yeah. uh, the hillbilly. Yeah. For my own personal entertainment, I called it Spadix. Spadix. It didn't have anything to do with illiteracy. I, I made that translation, <laughs> too. Because I don't know what a spadix looks like or a poisson, you know, so I just like, eh, fuck it. They're flowers or Asians. Like, I don't know the names. The uh, movie starts out on a plane here, and we uh, we get to see our our chilies all in uh, in costume as the stewardesses. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it looked like Michael Jackson from The Wiz sitting behind yes. us. Yeah, that later turns out to be King Kong, the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. of our trannies. And, and the they have another tranny later. Yeah, the hot tranny. Yeah, the they hot have another tranny. Uh, there's the ugly later. tranny and the hot tranny. Uh, Wait, I, I think Kong was the hottest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got all these fucking notes and I got nothing here. <laughs> oh, so basically, we, we really get involved with the, the whole repeating theme of this movie right away. Um, two elements that will happen over and over again in this movie is we're going to have the same 15-second clip of music that they're going to loop through every action scene. And since most of the action scenes are like 10 or 15 minutes, you will be very familiar with this music by the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. um, the other thing they have is these these really long action scenes where nobody has any actual damage occur to them. So you can kick the same guy in the face like 15 times. He's back up and ready for more. You know, and again, this was a revelation that we didn't make until like halfway through the movie. This was an action movie geared towards kids. 
And uh, and that really explains the whole deal with the action sequences going on like they do. Because for a kid, watching someone get kicked in the face 15 times without suffering damage, that's funny. To an adult, it's like, where are the broken teeth? Where's the broken legs? Where's someone dead? You know, we, we were geared for a totally different experience. But uh, my kids were, were watching this my second time through, and they just thought it was the funniest shit they had ever seen. So, Yeah, and I could see my kids liking this, too. They haven't seen it yet, but I, I can imagine them getting a kick oh, out yeah. of it. Oh, yeah, and you better watch saying second time, Dan. You're going to make it sound like you like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I make great sacrifices for this podcast. That was one. Oh, yeah. You think you did. Well, I don't know if anybody remember, but they're, in the movie, the whole thing that they're after is called the Andaman Pearl. Yeah. They say I was going to yeah. say it. It's for the, balancing the, basics... the ocean, and that's all the description they basically give of it. The basic story is basically the story of the little girl who's uh, been uh, – her dad owns this abandoned pearl or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and, um, or he knows the location of it. Let's so call it the adamantium pearl. That will be a lot easier. Yeah, there you go. Everybody will recognize And we can pretend like Wolverine will pop in here at some point. <laughs> yeah. We'll like, just call it the pearl necklace. <laughs> uh, there you go. The anal bee. He entrusted his daughter with his pearl necklace. And yeah. <laughs> in Thailand next week. Right. Uh, it's almost expected. But the, the movie is basically about the bad guys, the dragons, trying to get this pearl from uh, from the little girl because they're going to sell it. And it. As lame as that, they're just going to auction the damn thing off. Yeah. Uh, right. so they spend literally probably about a million dollars to get a pearl worth maybe 50,000. <laughs> yeah. Good business decision there. But yeah, the movie pretty much follows that storyline. Like I said, we start out on a plane with the the little girl uh where she's confronted by the bad guys and they they have her dad at gunpoint and they're trying they show to show her that through a cell phone just to establish right. that they're in different places at the time. Yes, trying to blackmail the dad into giving them the location of the pearl. Of course, the dad gets shot in the armpit, which in Thailand <laughs> is fatal. <laughs> Their heart is actually located under the armpit. It's a little known. <laughs> yeah. That's a survival 101 right there. If you're going after uh, Asian zombies, you definitely want to aim for the arms and not the head. Well, that's, yeah, that's where their brain is, too, right next to the heart. Exactly. <laughs> Brains and heart, same location. That's why they're good at math. <laughs> that explains why they can't drive, though. They can't see over the steering wheel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> their eyes are in their little brown nipples. So, you know, it's just it's all kind of comes together anatomically correct. Well, that and as white people, you know that we'll, we will naturally know. So Yeah, and this is definitely, like we were saying, a kid's movie. And the, the humor in this is really slapstick. It's it's just a, a series of these, the, the Chai Lai's flubbing up trying to do stuff. And right. even if, the you dragon... got, if you got into Spy Kids or the uh, Around the World in 80 Days remake with Jackie Chan or any of those Diddy action movies, you're going to be completely at home with this. And kids are just going to be, com- they're going to completely mask over the flaws that is a as adults are really hardcore film critiquing kind of people, we're going to pick apart uh, for a kid. That's not a big deal. I do want to say for a budget of about a million dollars, this movie is well put together. The picture quality is great. The sound quality is great. Some of the fight choreography is pretty well done. Obviously they didn't have enough money to buy more than one piece of music and they didn't <laughs> buy very much of it, but for a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got some CG mixed in here too. You know, early on, they got a car chase scene where they pull out a rocket launcher. And yeah, the rocket looks fake, but it blends into the scene pretty well. It was believable enough. Enough. Um, yeah. To go with the movie. <laughs> For the movie. <laughs> and you got to love how the uh, little girl is like 
a super samurai fighting princess, but a car is her kryptonite. Yeah, yeah, and she gets kidnapped and kicks the shit out of all the bad guys, but never quite makes it out of the damn van. <laughs> and then they, they get to the office just shortly after that, and she kicks the shit out of all the guys that are holding her hostage, and then just basically gives up. <laughs> yeah. One guy and the the only one that has a colored shirt on that isn't black or white grabs a hold yeah. of her and it's over. Mesmerizes. <laughs> that's uh, the that's, that fight scene though introduced probably my favorite character was the uh, the dwarf with the elf <laughs> Yes, that, that is so awesome. <laughs> they, def- they definitely had a, a nice host of memorable characters. Uh, my problem was is I would tend to miss their introduction, so I wouldn't actually notice them until an action sequence. And then I'd find yeah. myself wondering, where the fuck did they dredge this guy up? Right, because <laughs> later on you see a big group of the dragon gang show up that you really don't see much in the movie. But they do, they, early on they are semi-introduced but it's it's a real quick introduction you don't they, if you they blink, have a you miss kind of a crazy 88s introduction but they never really come out and say that i guess for yeah. copyright reasons but that's that's right. kind of the outfit that they have going on and, and the way they look i think that yeah that's that's a, that, i was trying to think where where i'd seen that in crazy 88s is yeah that's it or let's i want to go back a little bit here before the girl gets kidnapped are you talking about the car chase scene where they collide head on and oh, nobody gets that's, hurt that's, yeah that's what i was gonna say was uh dan, dan really had a big problem with this was they spend 15 minutes preparing to protect the <laughs> yeah. the school, yes and then 30 seconds in they uh <laughs> she gets kidnapped and gone yeah which and, and they, the big chase scene. They, they really drag it out too because like before they even go to the school it's like this girl's gonna do this this is her costume this is her motivation and they they go point by point what's gonna happen they flash to the school we see like each of the the girls in costume and then bam the girls kidnap and then that's it they all blow their covers to try and rescue her and it just it just seemed like they had way more preparation for the event than if they had just gone right to it during the next big fight scene in the massage parlor the day spa whatever the hell it was yeah you know this scene here had some good stuff and some bad stuff it, <laughs> there, there was some good fight choreography but it went on way too fucking long. oh god but it's got maybe one of my favorite scenes short of the rocket launcher where the midget elf elf was actually used as a weapon at <laughs> one point yeah that is used awesome to somebody he's uh, like a little two-arm two-leg club <laughs> Isn't that what I think they end up throwing the tranny later too. King Kong, they like pick him her up and and throw him her at a bunch of the um, dragons too. <laughs> That's probably when the. Uh robe comes off and we get to see that him her wears a brawl it's gonna say you know hollywood there's there isn't a bra to be found but in thailand everybody's wearing <laughs> and it just happens to be like yeah. an ugly off-white kind of yellowish color well, it was supposed yeah. to be flesh toned yeah <clears throat> you know and that was the whole big thing too from the from the special features and the notes and stuff like that they wore flesh colored bikinis underneath because they wanted to go for a no nudity thing in fact, it took all of Rhino's considerable nipple hunting skill to even pick out three nipples out of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it was or, roughly or an hour in. I was I'll impressed. put the exact time frame in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, picked, picked him out like a Mr. Skip like now. A, yeah. <laughs> he, he was like a nipple sniper. That's it. for this movie. That's it. That's all you're gonna see is three nipples for thir- you know a second and a really it nice made, dance scene. But there, there yeah, is a dance scene. scene definitely. Yeah. I think it's warned it's, people that the nipples are covered. It's just. It's kind of more like PHO. See-through nipples, yes. And you can't even see the color. You just see a little nope. ping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, well, uh, Jay, I think Jay just brought up the dance scene. The dance scene's all right. And that, we see that just after we meet Poyasan's 
pussy boyfriend, Bob. <laughs> Bob. Gus. We're, we're introduced to Bob crying in his birthday cake. I thought it was <laughs> Gus. Wasn't it Gus? Yeah, but it's still a shitty Thailand yeah. name either way. Yeah. Yeah. Gus? It's, it's not it was Bob. It's no, Gus. It's Gus. Gus, Bob, same yeah. I'll say there's still yeah, three letters. They, they like, He's Gus. Bob to me. He's Gus. He, he is a, we, we see him like in a little cafe where he's waiting for Rose and he's crying into his little cupcake muffin thing and uh, and his little shape, salty tears covering the top of it. Was it heart shape? No, yeah. it's, uh, what the hell is the, um, um, yang yang. It's a oh, yin yang okay. cake. Yeah. It's, okay. it's like a heart. It's like a yin yang and a heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, we're all right. But but I'm writer. <laughs> I'm a lot of. Interestingly enough, we seem to have uh, four Down Syndrome people on the podcast today, too. So that's working out well. What's interesting is that we just spent a couple of minutes talking about the birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the most interesting. It really shows the quality of the film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for, for an adult, there's a lot of distracting points just because, you know, we're constantly. We, we expect things from, from our action films, you know, like we're going to see in Transporter or Crank or stuff like that. And you're not going to see those things portrayed correctly in this movie. You're going to see the kind of action tropes that you would expect to see in Spy Kids. It's it's going to be stuff that would make your kids laugh and would interest them. But as adults, it's going to be okay. You know, I mean, you can watch a Disney movie and not completely want to slit your wrist. Well, this has basically but, um, got the Kung Fu of Power Rangers minus the cool robots. Yes. Hey, the robots, start, the robots start sucking for Power Rangers, I think, we're having dinosaurs. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Don't make me get nerdy on you. Yes, me and Undead are the youngest ones on the podcast, so we used to watch Power Rangers. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> I'm glad I had awesome stuff like uh, Voltron and Thundercats. <laughs> we, we had we that had to... syndication. Yeah, we just had to watch it a lot later than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I remember waiting for all new episodes. Of course, I got to watch the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon too, which is kick ass. Oh, that yep. that's yeah. yeah. That probably actually seen one of those. Are we are we losing a podcast? Or all of a sudden, am I voted off it was, the aisle? It, it was okay. You know, it was no Mr. T. Hey, Mr. T was. <laughs> Mr. T was badass, but WWF had it all. WWF had Roddy Piper. I mean, how much better could he get than that? Mr. T cruising around with a bunch <laughs> of kids from the Olympics. They were the Olympics gymnastics. Team. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Why is Mr. T hanging out with gymnasts? <laughs> um, Rhino, just just to kind of clean here, uh, gymnasts, very limber, skin tight outfits, very constructive. <laughs> I'm not letting my gymnast I'm kid not, hang out with I'm Mr. T. I'm not saying that Mr. T was using his afro or using his mohawk in an inappropriate way. I'm just saying. <laughs> there is something wrong there. Something wrong. Definitely. Both on out after he does, you know. Like Michael Jackson having his coffin made of kids. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's what Michael Jackson didn't get. It's like it's fine for Mr. T to do it, but when I do it, oh, <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> oh God, you're dead. <laughs> There's our fifth listener gone. <laughs> By the way, there are we're us. up to five listeners. Hold on. <laughs> Happy Night Podcast, alienating. I thought there was like one of us that isn't even listening to our podcast. So. <laughs> I was going to say, there's four of us, but there's only three subscribers. <laughs> I mean, Who's not listening to the show? Uh-oh. I bet everybody here subscribes to iTunes, don't you? No. I, yeah. No. I don't have an iPod. Oh. I was going to say, because we actually, uh, the breakdown is only half iPod. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so yeah, I subscribe Wait, to iTunes. So. <laughs> 
Well, because we got, I think we had seven last time I looked total. And, Damn. Um, it was, yeah, it was three iPod and then that was, the other four. Oh, so that was probably Danny Trioxin and Lucas. Send us in your uh, name and we'll do a shout out to you on this show. I'm sure it won't take up too much time. <laughs> oh, we'll do your birthday party. If you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our mitzvahs, weddings, whatever. I'm telling you, it's probably Wolfman Lucas and Danny Trioxin. They're the only ones that are out there listening. Those guys are awesome. And by the way, we have forums just in just in case anybody ever wants to look well, on there. Have you noticed that we've been getting <laughs> trolls on the forum? Uh, kind of just we the most that we've had online at once was eleven people. Yeah, I know. And I was like, when the hell did that happen? That was fucking impressive. It, it happened. Oh God, I was on there. Shit, it was uh, when my wife posted her post on there. That's when it all happened. <laughs> edit for air <laughs> we're just it laughing is. because just La- laughing because. for absolutely no reason <laughs> oh no yeah so anyway we're uh to launch we're to launch back into our movie yeah go ahead right yeah, now after, we're gonna just to bob basically just to have somebody <laughs> else to kidnap because <laughs> shortly after uh proposing to poison uh, Rose. Oh, Bob's. Rose. Rose. Yeah. Rose? Yeah, yeah Rose, is, Rose is the one with the dance. Rose was excited, took off her clothes, and danced. Like Not all, all of do. them. Just bra and panties still on. So don't get excited, all you. This is true. This is true. But if you right. your imagination. Nice yes, there was bounce. Oh, there's jiggle. Especially underwater when she's underwater. They may not be real because they were kind of floating up. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little uh, surprised because in my second viewing of the uh, the very excited I'm getting married panty dance, it seemed much shorter than in my original viewing. But that may have been used thing. due to I like that I was deliberate use pause button the first time. Yeah, I was. I think I was pausing mine quite a bit when I was watching it, so it seemed a lot longer. Also, well, that was even the fight scene. The fight scene after the day spa seemed a lot longer the first time through, but the second time through it, it moved a little faster. You know, we watch this movie ten more times. This is going to be a five star. Movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we watch this movie ten more times. I'm going to cut myself like a Twilight watching tween. February is Chai month. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Kurt Cobain myself now. <laughs> oh God. That was horrible. God. <laughs> so Bob gets kidnapped. <laughs> and by the now, way, Bob guys, gets... we're into about twenty minutes of a two-hour movie, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and this I, movie really does take forever because these action scenes, you know, again with no consequence, nobody gets hurt or the no. amount of damage. Like Kong is the only the tranny is the only one who gets uh, hurt, and it's really minor damage. It just kind of accumulates through the movie, but doesn't impair his performance in any way. Oh. But these action sequences, they do, at least for for the more adult viewer, they get really to the point of dragging because you've seen the same moves you've seen the same people fighting against the same people over and over again yeah and really the people they're fighting are basically just no-name thugs you know it's kind of like in the teenage mutant ninja turtles the freaking uh all the the nameless ninjas that they fight yeah those are called the foot so anyway after bob gets kidnapped they show up at the chai life palace ish apartment building whatever the hell it is yeah and that uh, leads to the famous underwater uh, pool fight, where yeah, they, they spend three and a half minutes a underwater. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is where we do we get to see them wet, but again, 
because they're all wearing heavily padded bras, we don't see anything. And apparently underwater is the easiest place to snap somebody's neck. Yes, yes. Because it is, it, it's, it is like done a, with it's a ease. Dense. Like I said, it liquefies the bones. It's just... And the ability to swim with hooker boots is greatly magnified due to their um, elasticity. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thailand water is more float than sink. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little known fact that the Taiwanese are actually a different density. They're very <laughs> naturally sink. That explains the uh, and, IQ of the And just movie. for consistency, these are Thai people, not Taiwanese. Taiwan is not the same <laughs> as Thailand. <laughs> The same. So these are Thailandies. They're just Thai. Okay, I'm sorry. It's like Thai my shoe. <laughs> the same. Taiwanese sounds better than Thai. So this movie, uh, this is going to be a bad joke. So every time they fought, they were Thai fighters. <laughs> yeah, they were oh, all yes. Thai fighters. <laughs> is that <laughs> that copyrighted? Movie movie just, just lost that. <laughs> hey. There goes Lucas. Lucas ain't listening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, his but, lawyers are though. <laughs> yeah. well, remember, we got to keep the show away from NBC. Just yeah, yeah. Hell no, I, w- I want the forty-three million. See, that's just it, though, is because I hold the licenses. I'll get forty-three million, and you guys can start your own podcast. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to move our time slot. <laughs> no, Rhino's making notes. I can hear him. <laughs> Well, because that's uh, – I'm just kind of following my little timeline here, and that's after the, the pool scene, which to me the pool scene took forever. Oh, oh yeah. Now, this so movie didn't did really... go a lot better with multiple people dogging this movie throughout Definitely. the whole thing. Yeah, and it's – well, because uh, the one thing I did have written down was after they escaped from the pool, they, the pool obviously leads to the Disney Enchanted Palace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? They escape in a theme park? (laughs) (laughs) They made it all the way down to Florida. Yeah, well, and then they escape, but this is where we... Because earlier we we meet all the secondary thugs, but now all of a sudden, as soon as they escape the the Enchanted Palace there, they, they like, each get their own fight with their own, like, nemesis. So we spend uh, a few minutes... With with some just pointless fighting. Yeah, there's again nobody gets hurt. Yeah, one person fights sword to sword, staff to staff, ribbon to ribbon. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how you can throw a ribbon and stick it in somebody. We left out one. Part. You haven't watched enough Sailor Moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fairly not. <laughs> we left out the excellent gunmanship back when they were at the spa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, aiming every which fucking way. <sighs> Like you're playing basketball with the gun, never landed the <laughs> yeah. hit. I don't see how she didn't make the hit. All those were spot-on fucking bullseye shots I saw. Yeah, but, it's, definitely she's got some good technique. Good technique. <laughs> and, and have we mentioned how many times they've attempted to set up pl- traps and plans and fail instantly? Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite traps is right after they escape the, the Enchanted Palace is the most trap. Where they just drop yeah. a cage on them. <laughs> yeah, no explanation of where it was hanging or how anyone missed it, but all of a sudden, all say. the girls were trapped in the same. Uh, it, well, all but one. All but one. The, uh, yeah, that would be Hibiscus. The hillbilly face is the only one that comes riding in on the best vehicle in the movie. In a tank. A tank. Shows up in a tank with her cop boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. You see the cop boyfriend sporadically through the the movie too. He kind of shows up here and there. Apparently he's too dumb, though, to use the uh, window on the tank to look because she has to yell, 
yell directions at him. The wrong direction. Well, holding on to a with. 50 cal that, uh, that she never uses. Which that she never fires you know, you one shot out of. Great against a crowd of people, but instead let's shoot the main gun. I just figured <laughs> out. I just figured out how the mousetrap cage was hanging there. They used, they got Spider-Man to shoot his webs from the cartoon. They just <laughs> stuck up in the air and just hung it there like that. God. But we have an explanation for the mousetrap. It must have been when he had the symbiote on him. I'm sorry. <laughs> God. That was bad. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And have we mentioned that the little girl, uh, I think her name was My, or uh, Miki? Mickey, yeah. Mickey, yeah, Mickey um, John. Well, well, her stepmother is working with the bad guys. You find out about halfway through the movie. Right, right. And her stepmom's name is Mai Ling. On the first viewing, too, because that was something I missed on the first time through, was that it was the same person. Yeah. Because she's on with her on the plane, you know, when she, they first try to kidnap her. Calls her a little bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The daughter, the daughter accidentally kicks the mom. The mom instantly turns around and calls her a little bitch, and then apologizes and says, "What? Didn't realize it was her." Where are we at in our movie now? Uh, Bob has we been kidnapped. The, yeah, we're at the tank scene now. Yeah. Well, we just finished the tank scene where they they shoot off a couple rounds, and again, nobody gets hurt. They fall. And, and uh, th- this would have made a great finale, and it felt like a finale because it was like all of the bad guys getting shot at by a tank and stuff like that. But this is one of the many times in the movie where you think that the movie has ended, but sadly it continues on. Yeah, I have yes. as I have it written down, the movie basically breaks down into nine chapters, oh and that God. was the that one there is the middle chapter. So at that point, we're fifty minutes in. God, does this movie really deserve to have nine chapters? I mean, seriously, that's fucked up. Well, like somebody said while we were watching the movie, this could have definitely been a short. Yeah, that's just it, though. Is I mean, that's really. If you edit anything out, you're not even going to be feature length, though, you know. And that's, I think that's where it drags in places is where they basically just left stuff in just to make time. It felt a lot longer. And even though, like, Rhino, you know, you had some some things to say where you liked the fact that it was always action and stuff like that. But there were times in this movie that, to me, the action felt boring. I, I was just getting bored right. seeing the same feet yeah, what, with the same face over and over. the fights went on that for five thing. minutes at a time. The fight scenes were too long. Too much of a good thing. Uh, but that's just it. Is The fighting isn't much bad, but... No, it seems really, it seems really clunky. Yeah, you know, it just the choreography easy. was was good, and they did have some great individual moves. There's like one scene where this girl's doing like these really awesome backflips. They've got another one where she's fighting, balancing on two rails of an escalator, and then they'll just they'll just like drive it into the ground where you know they'll have these moments of individual brilliance that are just filled in with another four minutes of really boring kicks and stuff if the cinematography would have been a little bit better for the fight scenes maybe they would have been more bearable because kind of like in some of the later matrix movies their fight scenes would go on on but i was i would be kind of into them because cinematography was good and this kind of had your basic children's movie cinematography like let's wide angle everything no close up to me too though it just looked like these people had never done like a martial arts type movie before because they all when they're doing it they look really stiff yeah None oh, extremely smooth. I would almost bet that they were originally models or singers or something like that. They they did not have that martial artist look to them. I mean, you yeah, compare I that to like models. the girls from uh, Crouching Tiger. Those girls pretty much no. looked 
even though you know that they're just actresses, they looked like the people who could like tear your shit up in a martial arts battle. See, that might be some of the budget too, because like you said, they only spent a million dollars. But on some of those other movies, they'll spend weeks and weeks training. This movie here, they probably just before they did the scene, they probably just ran through it just before they did the scene. Yeah, definitely a possibility for sure. It. It'd make sense to use dancers for something like that then because you'd have, you know, a built-in person who knows how to follow choreography without screwing it up, so. Yeah, and that's, these guys didn't even look like that. They just didn't, uh, like I said, it just wasn't smooth. It looked really stiff. The uh, the, the, the girl Miki did, though. She looked like she knew what she was doing. She at least had the poses down and the movements pretty fluid. She probably got chaos just for that because she definitely didn't get chaos for her looks. (laughs) Yeah. Ugly kid. I swear yeah, I that was boy. I thought it was a boy. They dressed up as a girl. So. Yeah, in this movie, you never can tell. You know, this <laughs> could have been all tranny. Who knows? Hey, I saw a lot of one. All I can say is, is if that was a man doing the uh, brawn panty dance, I'm I'm hooked. I think I'm gonna go gay. <laughs> Switching teams. Yeah, because I kind of enjoyed that scene. So okay, so Bob's been kidding. <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't um, bob dead yet see now you got me calling no, it bob no. too isn't it's, gus dead yet <laughs> it, it's it's 20 minutes before bob dies yet oh let's just fast jesus <laughs> but uh it, this because this is kind of a ridiculous scene here where bob's been kidnapped he ends up at the same place as miki and miki and bob meet and for some stupid reason all of a sudden miki decides she's gonna tell bob where the stupid pearl is and now all of a sudden the dragons find out the dragons force her to tell her the whole scene takes maybe two minutes but i mean they've spent an hour trying to get the secret out of the kid and then in two minutes they get it well, <laughs> just and bob not only does she give them the secret banknote that none of them took from her but then she shows them how to see the secret map yeah. in it by putting a lighter name yeah she basically hands it to him which is not just a map it's just a single island right. which they can instantly tell apart from all the other islands in thailand i'm telling you it's monster island from godzilla <laughs> it has to be that was spider Isla island sorna there's dinosaurs on there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which which actually we're we're almost getting to the nipples here oh yeah uh, which leads to the the yeah. boat scene where they they head out to find the pearl and they uh they the pearl is water fight scene there in uh scuba gear that's right, that's right hey i missed that again I must the known. only thing that's missing is some sharks you know like in uh zombie 2 oh <laughs> yeah some sharks and some zombies and <laughs> so the dragons get the pearl and the child eyes show up to, to stop them and this is where we at uh it's got to be somewhere around an hour we finally see our first nipple and this has got to be <laughs> this and how many times is this that the child eyes have showed up and failed to do something and of course what happens this time show up and they fail and, uh, horribly yeah. fail horribly so yeah again the dragons escape and now that they got the pearl of course they're going to implement their evil plan to auction it off i think somebody <laughs> does mention ebay at some point i know they mentioned auction and i could have sworn there was some reference to ebay on there but uh, it was earlier earlier when the cops are having their little meeting early in the movie they were talking something because that's where you first hear about the auction is when the police are talking about it. But that, that was real early. That was like five or ten minutes in, um, which leads us to our next scene, which is the dragon auction. And the return uh, of dun, dun, dun. Daddy. Oh, oh, spoiler, spoiler, oh. spoiler alert. We also get our first genuine case of Down syndrome. Yeah. At this point. yeah and if you're spoiled by any part of this movie, you're. There's oh man, there's something wrong. If, if you're watching this movie after this, review, <laughs> yeah. there's something wrong. I mean, put it on for your kids, and then like I don't know, go 
light up a crack pipe or something. But I don't uh, know. I don't... If, you, if I had kids and I put it on for them, I'd, I, you'd see me on the news the next day. I'd shot my kids because <laughs> I don't know if I want my children exposed to this shit or to see what type of damage they've suffered from seeing it. See, and the auction scene, though, the auction scene is, again, it's it's right back to more of the same. The dragons are doing something. The Chilai show up. And, of course, what happens? They fuck it all up. The dragons are getting away, so yet another chase scene. But yeah, like we said, uh, Mike's dad shows back up. How long does he live? About 30 seconds into it? Yeah, well, long enough to say he'll never give up the secret of the pearl and they don't deserve it. Mm. And it's worth, it. a, worth way more than $200 million or something. Or I, million, million bien or something. I'm telling you. Bots. It's, bots, it's, bots. That's it. It has yeah. to be one of the fucking prop eggs from... Look who's talking. That's the only way it's that valuable. I mean, it has to be. It looks just like it. <laughs> All right. We'll put in crickets later. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, and again, you know, like I, like I said, this basically leads to the next chase scene. The good thing is, is after the auction, I mean, we're, we're really winding down here. Dad has a whole two minutes of screen time. He's been killed twice. Yeah. Bob gets killed. Bob gets killed pretty quick here. Doesn't he and then, uh, get shot to the other armpit, the dad? Yeah, because yeah. they have two hearts, one on each side. <laughs> yeah. hey, so they are worms. It's very similar to Vulcans in that regard, mm. which explains wow. the eyes. So. <laughs> and the ears. And the hot. And the oh, skill and the at math. Dressing. And the, the cross-dressing. Everyone knows Spock was good at math, so it's it just kind of stands <laughs> for reason. Plus, they're very similar to elves in regards. Asians and elves and use many of the same letters. Notice they never let Spock drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like I said, after the auction, when it's basically our final wrap-up, we end up killing the head dragon, and Kong gets killed, too, at this point, too, right? Well, Mickey gets... Uh... Uh, Mickey's Kong does not gets killed first. Yeah, Kong just gets like shot four or five times. Yeah, but then her then her final dies. shot is like to the leg or to the knee or something. Which is brings up another character we haven't talked about yet is Katarine, uh, the cross-eyed oh, yeah. tranny. She's oh, yeah. what we were calling earlier the hot tranny. <laughs> <laughs> Less yeah, than there's... four of us referred to her as the hot tranny. I just, just <laughs> want to stamp you guys on this. <laughs> yeah, that was never uh, the opinion of J Dirty or Apocalypse Dan. It's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> you know, to the, you know, if you look at the rest of the trannies in this, she was the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's true. Unless there's trannies I didn't notice. I'm still thinking it, at least several of the flowers might have been trannies, in which case, you know, we'd have to still call Rose as the hot tranny. <laughs> okay, if Rose was a tranny, then Rose was definitely the hot tranny. Amen. Yeah. How sad. Okay, well, then this is the second hottest tranny. But she's got a couple of decent scenes where she cuts off Kong's finger. Uh, she shoots Kong in the end. It's got a handful of funny scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I think our only up. actual death is is the dragon boss. You know, I think he's the only one who actually dies in this because I'm I'm pretty well, sure that Kong survives. My lady, yeah, Mickey's mom also there. got also dies. Oh too. yeah, 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 yeah. Mom and dad die because it's like a Disney movie. You have to have you have yeah. to be an orphan to be happy. Uh, That's true. And we never have brought up Mister uh, Somrock, which is the the flowers bosses the boss yeah Charlie. Now, he's actually played by um Petch Tai Wong Kan Lao who you'll remember I'm sure from Ong Bak where he played the uh the city hillbilly who leads uh the Ong Bak guy astray 
So, yeah, it's not just a coincidence. They don't all look like it really is the same guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a he, film legend. Yeah, we only see him three times through the movie, but every time we see him, he's like in a totally different costume. Yeah. And the last time is the best when he's running off with the uh, hot tranny. The hot tranny. <laughs> how, how sad is it this movie has led to discussions about hotter trannies and cake? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think that we need a movie to lead to these discussions. It's just kind of an enable. <laughs> yeah. Use the movie as an excuse. <laughs> if you get four guys together, we're going to start talking tranny. Hey, <laughs> I want a tranny cake. What would a tranny cake That's be? A little scary. I don't want to know. I'm a little scared now. Oh, no. Are we going to have to look up more Urban Dictionary definitions? Oh, oh God. no. Uh, <laughs> shit on somebody. I don't want to know. Trash cake. That's what you. <laughs> it's got to be on there. It's probably like taking a dump and sticking it on a woman to make it look like a penis. I don't know. <laughs> oh God! It, it does. It all has to do with shit. You know, everything on there is about shitting on somebody. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not on there, I just like to say that the views expressed on the movie night podcast do not reflect the views of all the individual hosts. <laughs> Problem is, is that can be edited out. Yeah. He'll edit it into where it... Say all you want. I got the edit button. He'll edit it into where it makes it sound like you say it is the view of everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. My life will be so disappointed. I didn't even make it two episodes without making a shit joke. <laughs> well, I think kind of like our last movie, this one didn't hold everybody's interest real long. No. Why don't we go through... Everybody give your score, what you thought of it. All right, well, I'll uh, launch in there. Since, since this was my beautiful suggestion, I was completely uh, won over by the fact that it <laughs> broadcast itself as a different movie than it actually was. I was originally anticipating a two- to three-star, uh, really trash Asian movie with some boobs and some hot chicks. Instead, I got a movie aimed towards Thai tweens, maybe. Uh, I, I think Rhino <laughs> referred to it as the Twilight Asian action movies. I, uh, I kind of alternated, but I finally settled on giving it one and a half stars. Um, it isn't something that I actually hate, but I more than don't like it. Your one and a half stars is different than my one and a half. One and a half is a movie <laughs> I, I can't stand. Oh, if see, it that would also give one star. In trouble. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't like this, and I more than didn't like it because I wouldn't watch it again. How many times did you watch it, Dan? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> and if my children ask, I'll probably be forced to watch it a third time. But at that point, I'm going to check myself out with a sawed-off shotgun in the corner. Uh, there's always on the DVD shelf. There's always giving them up for adoption, Dan. <laughs> oh, can't do that. Brad and Angelina will take them. We're Madonna. I heard she's wanting to have kids again. <laughs> All right, Jay, let's go to you. Okay, well, I, I would have to go with Dan a little bit on this with the one-and-a-half stars, but I also in uh, thought it was a little bit better watching it with uh, – a group of people, so I'm going to have to go with two stars on this. Nobody will argue about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with Jay that watching it with a group was way better than watching it alone. But I'll say, yeah, it, yeah. it didn't necessarily make the movie better, but it went by faster than watching it by yourself. Watching it by yourself yeah, seems like it, you had a, it lasted a whole a, three or four hours. Yeah, if you had a group people and some beer and you had a few beers and yeah this would probably be a pretty good time yeah but i'm definitely gonna have to go with two stars mainly because i like some of the fight choreography and rose rose really was the best part of the movie so <laughs> she was the ultra hot <laughs> yeah even, I'm gonna even push if she out. <clears throat> i'm gonna pussy out and go to two stars because jay brings up some good points like, so there were individual aspects of the movie that i didn't hate that much 
I, I did think the cinematography and the sound design were well done. We didn't have the usual low-budget crap of fading sound or really bad video recording and stuff like that. For a million dollars, I'll give this movie two stars, blah, blah, blah. Even the editing, you know, there weren't any really hard junk cuts or anything like that. It was it was laid out basically to me like a Taiwanese Disney movie. It was laid out yeah, almost to that standard. It was, yeah. Okay, so that's me and Dan and two stars. Yeah, Dan. I got talked into it by Jay. Good job. (laughs) All right, Undead, let's hear it. Well, let's see. I'll go ahead and give it two stars as well. Um, I'm going to have to say I I was really bored shitless out of this both times watching (laughs) it. uh, I kept thinking the end was there. And uh, just like, you know, disappointment on New Year's night on during the millennium, you know, it just didn't happen. So um but uh it had some good action. It drug out too long. It really needed to be edited uh and, and shot differently. Uh better choreography and cinematography uh for it. But um I, the whole car I would have liked to where they ran out and the Kong jumps in the car. They could have cut that while they were running and just showed the car <laughs> yeah. driving off and yeah. it would have been a hell of a lot better than kinda of like, oh fuck, a car, a convertible. We can't we can't <laughs> Well, you know, again, this goes back to the Asian theme. Is clearly car is like Asian kryptonite, so they were rendered temporarily powerless, yeah. just like the van. Yeah. Powerless, yeah. yes. But you're only powerless if you're a good guy. Yeah, because good. Uh, these these guys seem pretty much powerless about damn near everything. Water, and there wasn't air. a fucking thing these guys did. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I give it a two. All right. Nice to see you guys all agree. <laughs> I'm going to give this a nice big fat three. What? Oh, my God. Yes. At least according to me, three is average. It's run, run of the mill. It's something that, you know, again, I'd, I'd watched again. It had enough stuff to laugh at. The second time through, stuff that Wouldn't felt a, 2. a little 5 be average? And, like, because a three is a liked. That's actually better than average. Well, I guess the way I've always looked at it is three is basically run of the road or middle of the road. Um, and that's to me what this movie is. It's not something I like, but it's not something I hated. You know, to me, two is didn't like. It's something that, like you guys have all said, you guys will never watch this again. Um, yeah. This is something that if the kids were watching it, I'd sit down and watch it with them. Yeah, right, I'd um, play on the computer and update my Twitter about how horrible this movie is again while my kids watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the headphones and disappear into World of Warcraft. I'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the comedy, like I said, the comedy was a bit over the top, but it was it was enough to keep me interested. The characters were funny enough. Um, there was enough action. There was some goofy-ass CG. I, I give it a three. It's definitely not the worst movie I've seen. Okay, well, so that's three twos and a three. Yep. But don't worry, I'm going to edit it all so you guys all sit through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds like you. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it sounds like for the most part, everybody's saying this is a not recommend. I think the big thing at the, the beginning, like Dan said, is I think what happened was this was kind of miscast. This this movie really is aimed more for youngsters than it was aimed for us, and that's where I think it fell flat for everybody. Yeah, so basically, if you ever yeah. plan on watching this, just sit down and have your kids watch it. Then jump in yeah, from definitely. time to time to see what's this going movie on. Is total PG from start to finish. Absolutely, nothing, nothing in this your kids can't. No, see. even even the one decent kill scene is so comical that the guy doesn't die. I mean, he gets a headshot to the head. You see the little bullet hole, but there's not blood. There's not the usual Asian arterial spray. It, it's like a oh god, you shot me. 
Oh, I, oh, oh, I'm gonna lay down. That now. was one thing I was gonna bring up was the goofy ass color of the blood. What little blood you do see was how pink the blood was. <laughs> what the hell was up with yeah, that? especially on Bob's shirt. It's sweet and yeah. sour sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were dipping their egg rolls on his shirt as he was dying. Not the you know. chitty chicken. We have a budget. Let's just sleep sour. <laughs> All right, let's put this one to bed and listen to the new Diner de Mortes. I'm out a wandering, chasing a rainbow dream. I often stop and think about a place I've never seen, where friendly folks can gather and raise the rafters high with songs and tales of yesteryear until they say goodbye. your old pal on Dead Muffin here. So today I'm going to teach you how to prepare something that will help keep your lovely wife around long after the rest of her has gone away. Well, I'm talking about some nice jerky. Now, jerky has a long history with humanity. I mean, it was used long ago before refrigerators were ever invented to preserve meat products. Interesting. So... Theoretically, it should work long after humanity's collapse. So, what you're going to need to do to get started is, you know you were a leg man, so, you know, you're going to have to go after some of these nice legs on your lady. I say cut it from the top of her ass down to the knee. And then separate the meat from the bone. Now, you might be wondering why go for the leg meat. Well, you can really go anywhere else. You can jerky just about any part of the human body or any other animal. But you want to go for a leaner cut. And most of the time, the leanest meat is in the legs. Now, why you want to do that is because the more fat you have there, the longer you're going to be spending removing fat. And I know, in life, you told her that her ass didn't look fat in those jeans, but... You know, the fat's still there. So, get to removing the fat as soon as possible. And go for the leaner cuts if you want to make this a speedy process. Remember, it's the end of the world. You kind of have all the time in the world, and at the same time, you kind of don't. So, you devise on how long you're going to spend on each of these projects. Then what you're going to need to do is get your hands on some spices. Now, if spices are hard to come by, basically what you're really needing to find is some salt. If you have salt, you got you got what you need for jerky. Okay? But, if you were smart, and at the very beginning, went into a store when most people were running in there grabbing all the food they could get, and you grabbed the spices, that's right, because you know... The history of mankind. You're smart. You're listening to me. I know you're smart. So, 
you know the history of humankind. Spices come in handy. And not just for seasoning food, but in a lot of ancient cultures, spices was a form of currency. And you could use that in a world where money doesn't mean a thing. So, after you get that, what you're going to want to do is just set that aside for now. We're going to go back to the meat. That's right. It's time to get that classic jerky look to your meat. And what you're going to need to do is cut it about a half inch thick and one inch wide strips. And you can make the strips as long as you want. I'm going to say make them about five inches. I know that's not long, but it'll get the job done. After you get your meat worked out, you need to soak it in a salt water and season the bath. Now, like I said, you can do this with just the salt and the water. You know, you don't need the seasonings. But if you do happen to have the seasonings, go for it. Now, another little thing that will help make this taste better is some Jack Daniels. Or any other whiskey. Just replace the water in the recipe with that. And the best thing I can think of to fix your uh, marinating tank in is a cut in half gas tank. Just wash it out, scrub it, make sure you get all that gas out of there. And I do mean make sure. You would hate to make it this long and then suddenly die of eating gas in your jerky. Now, while you let the marinade set up, it's time to get started on a homemade dehydrator. And it won't be hard. What you want to do is grab as many window screens as you can. Make sure they're all about the same size. Because you're going to stack these if you want to speed up the process. Then get your hands on as many empty tuna cans as you can. Okay? Because you're going to stack these too. Then get four rocks or four bricks. A table or something else that you can use for some support. And if you're lucky, get your hands on some sort of knitting. And the luckiest that you can be is get your hands on cheesecloth. But, you know, I'm going to say cheesecloth is going to be pretty hard to find because it's not a very common thing to find in a home. But another thing that's very common is pantyhose. That's right. Getting some pantyhose to put your meat in. Now, now that you have all that little time to be working on this, we're going to construct it, giving the meat more time to soak. And it won't take long to construct this little rig. Now, get your table, put your table in a place where you know the sun is going to hit. It can't be cloudy to do this process. It has to be warm. And you've got to make sure that the sun will be hitting this area for a majority of the time that it's sitting outside. Make sure also it's an area not blocked or obscured in any way from a breeze blowing through. Because you're going to need that breeze to help circulate the air. Now, you're probably thinking, how are you going to circulate the air? on the table. Well, take four stacks, you know, take your tuna cans, take eight of them, stack them in the four stacks of two. 
know, two cans in one corner, two cans in the other, two cans down there, and two cans down there. Okay? What you're going to do is make it the same size as all four corners of your screens, you know, your window screens. Now sit your window screen on top. Bingo. Your own homemade jerky maker. Only only a few things remain left to do right now, but right there's your basics of it. Well, what you can do now is get the meat out. You know, you've let the meat soak. Please let the meat soak for a few hours because the whole process is going to take hours depending on the weather, maybe even days, and you're going to want this jerky being really good. And I'm going to say leave it for days because the longer you leave it, the better off it's going to be. Now, start sticking the meat down in the pantyhose. Don't pile the meat on each other, but place it evenly. Then, place your meat-filled pantyhose on the window screens. After you fill it up, stack more cans in each of the corners and place another screen. And repeat this process until you either run out of meat, run out of screens, or cans. I mean, it's just a whole process. Now, what you want to do at the very top, the very top of this, though, when you finish it off, set the four rocks or the four bricks on each corner. This is going to help weigh down your rig. Now, the air will circulate through this. Now, but, one little idea I had, if you want to speed up the process, because I'm going to say it, it's, it's going to take it's going to take about four days for your jerky to be made, you know, properly. But if you really want to speed up this process, dig you a pit underneath the table, right where your rig is. Now, before you build the rig, dig you a hole in the table. You know, just kind of drill one in there. Make sure you make the hole bigger in the table, right above your pit. This hole will be under your rig. Now, in the pit, begin to construct a fire. A fire made of nothing but regular wood, because you don't want to use garbage in this. You do not want to poison yourself. Now, once you get the fire started, this is going to give that meat a good smoky taste, but it's also really going to speed up this process. I'm going to say it's going to take maybe about 10 hours before your jerky is ready to eat. At least the jerky on the bottom. You know, you could always go flipping the jerky. You know, not flipping it all over, but alternating your racks and your positions to make sure everything gets a nice heated layer. Now, either way, you're going to have to stick around and wait for the old lady to be done. And that's nothing new to you. I mean, she always took forever getting ready to go anywhere. So obviously, she's going to take forever here. So make sure that you have a good place to stay while you wait for this. I mean, you've got two hours for the marinade. However long it takes you to construct this simple rig, which shouldn't be too long. But gathering the supplies may take a while. And the whole drying process. So make sure you're in a safe area 
and you know it's pretty much out of the way of any animals because they will they will eat your rig. Uh, the fire will help distract and, and and scare off animals. So if you can go the heated route, I'd say go with it. But much like before, when you had to wait for your wife to get ready, it was all well worth it. And when this jerky's done, it will be well worth it. Just toss the meat in your backpack, eat a few pieces here and there. Keep in mind, for every four pounds, it makes one pound of jerky. Keep that in mind. You could have something that can last a few months. There's been cases where it can last up to a year. And Native Americans had it last even longer from sitting on rocks. So I don't know how they did that, but on the safe side, try to make sure that when you make jerky that you eat it. And the best part is there's other recipes that use jerky in it. That's the greatest part. And next week, I'll be telling you how to do one of those. So until next time, eat well and keep on fighting. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what we watched this week, Dan. Let's start with you. All right. Well, I was able to finally complete the uh, last episode of Rome, which, unfortunately, due to the fact that they knew at that point that their script was cut, or you know, they were going to be cut down to two years, they really had to rush things along, and they covered about twenty years of history in one episode. That was kind of jarring, but they did a, a pretty decent wrap up to the whole story with that. I watched uh, the Kane Mutiny with Humphrey Bogart, which is actually a pretty decent wartime movie that didn't have much to do with war and had a lot more to do with uh, human personality conflict and stuff like that. Made a lot of notes for, you know, survival reasons and stuff. I uh, I was forced to endure Race to Witch Mountain, which I'm happy to say was better than I expected. I gave it a three stars. I would probably watch it again if forced to it. It wasn't terrible. I saw um, Dirty Harry to kind of cleanse my palate after having watched Race to Witch Mountain. Dirty Harry, of course, kicks ass. And then I saw Vanishing Point, which is a uh, 60s or 70s era action flick. It's the one that inspired... Okay, it's the one that inspired Death Proof, and I can totally see where, where Tarantino got you know the idea for it and everything. Really, really good movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. See, that's actually, I watched that this week, too, because I seen that, uh, you. I think you posted on Twitter that you'd watched it. I was going to say, is that where yeah. that big vanishing point Twitter back and forth between you and Undead Muffin came from? Yeah, I, I was impressed by it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it hit all the marks that I was expecting to see in, in a Grindhouse-era uh, movie and did a really good job. And, of course, Dirty Harry just kicks ass, too. Absolutely. Yeah, vanishing point looked really good, but I got to admit I was pretty bored by it. I didn't. The story itself just did nothing for me. Uh-huh. But it, it See, I, I liked all of that. And uh, I also saw Assault on Precinct 13 for the first time, which first I know it, it did. The, I didn't know there was a remake. But uh, no, it was the original John Carpenter one. And I, I don't oh, know I what Ted and Tony movie. saw about that. I just It was so cliched 80s and with the ricochet. <gasps> this and... podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> and no, then I, I love that. Uh, I spent most of the week watching uh, Dead Like Me, which is a two-season series that ran on either like HBO or Showtime or something, and it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Did you Dead and I have talked a lot. Yeah, I watched the movie too, which I thought was a horrible way to wrap up the series. Yeah, it, it really does, screwed the pooch. It doesn't work without uh, watching McCall. I can't remember that one guy's name in it. The oh, one uh, that would hand out the post-its. Man, yeah. Yeah. 
It's just he played in Nugum. Brad. And then their Daisy replacement. That was <clears> she was horrible. They, yeah. She was completely forgettable. They could have got rid of her as a character too, and just stuck with. And what the hell happened with um, the main girl's voice? She like dropped ten octaves between 2003 and 2008. It, it was it was like a Kathleen Turner thing. It was kind of scary. I, I was a little worried. She finally hit puberty. Her voice was deeper than mine. <laughs> maybe maybe another tranny. <laughs> I hope yeah. not. But that's pretty much it. I I did sneak in uh, Ombre, which is a um, Paul Newman movie. That was pretty decent. It really reminded me of uh, Four from Apocalypse, which was a Western movie that Stephen had recommended on JAFMP a long time ago. It's just kind of a a group of unlikely people band together to fight off these outlaws. And, you know, it all ends tragically, of course, because it's a Western. Is it like a siege movie or... Kind of like that, although the siege location kind of moves throughout the whole movie. They start out in a hotel, and then there's a siege in the desert, and then a siege at a big mining operation. Okay. So, Oh, and then I watched uh, McClintock, which is a John Wayne movie where they had some of the most astonishing and alarming uh, racial stereotypes of Asian people that I've ever seen. They did good with the Indians, though. Played the Indians straight, but the Asian was total fall guy. <laughs> All right, Jay, what have you been watching? Okay, well, my week is basically been the opposite of Dan's. I've been working too much and watching movies too little. So really, all I've really got to watch is I uh, finished the final season of Primeval, which is season three that's on Instant on Netflix. And uh, Undead was telling me last week that season three was, how much better season three was than season two and one. And Season three is definitely the best season so far in Primeval. Is there a is there a certain episode where that picks up? Because I started watching, I watched the first couple episodes, and they were all right. About but... the middle of season one is where it really starts to pick up, and the story starts okay. to unwind, and you start to really get a feel for the characters. And once all the characters are introduced, and you get to know all of them, so yeah, pretty much about the middle of season one. Kind of normal with a lot of these uh, these series, you know, the first few are kind of slow, and then they yeah they kind of. Well, also what hinders it is uh, when they first started off, they had uh, two riders, uh, uh, two teams uh, of riders and directors, and they let uh, one team do the first three episodes and another team do the second three episodes so they could determine who was going to do season two. Yeah. Obviously, obviously they made the right choice by going with the the second team because it it does get a lot better. Yeah, it starts to pick up quite a bit. Yeah, the first couple I watched were, were pretty decent. You can see the potential there. Yeah, just some of the creatures that get introduced is awesome. So um, made the movie, that made the series for me. And I also watched, uh, finally got to the theaters and got to watch Daybreakers, the new vampire movie. And if nobody knows what that's about, that is the uh, vampire movie where vampires have basically taken over and they're using the last humans on Earth to basically like cattle to milk all the blood out of them and keep them alive as long as possible so they could feed themselves so uh, the vampires don't starve. And I I really liked that movie after everything with Twilight, all the sparkly vampires, and then you got Daybreakers and exploding heads and exploding vampires when the sun hits them. It's, it's a hell of a nice change, so I was happy to see it. I heard a few other people say the same thing that they really liked it. You know, there's some I think they were comparing it to The Matrix, and some others that were comparing it to Dark City. Um, you know, both I mean, just with out. just with Willem Dafoe, I mean, that's him in that movie is just awesome. That's cool. I'll have to check that out. Pretty decent, but yeah, those two things are pretty much the only thing I got to watch this week. 
Well, undead. Well, that's why I'm sitting here trying to figure out because, uh, you know, my, my statements and shit, I've uh, not really done a whole lot of movie watching, so um, my mic is still working, right? Yep, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, first thing we did, this, uh, I did this week is we finally, uh, me and my wife, finally got to uh, see a movie we could afford it, and we watched a very late watch of Sherlock Holmes, which I have to say uh, was surprisingly good. Um, I went into it thinking it was going to be a very, very bad movie because uh, since uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr., not that I don't like him as an actor, just where does his fame as a um, as Iron Man, he's been stuck on a lot of things. I figured it was going to be a very bad movie, but uh, I really enjoyed it. There's some stuff at the beginning, like where how much he thinks and things, they'll slow it down and uh, what. <laughs> Undead, you're really breaking up. Shit. Um, <laughs> Be right back. All right, Undead, what have you been watching this week? All righty. Well, uh finally got to go to the theater after uh the last movie we watched was Zombieland. So this is the first time in a long time. And we watched uh, Sherlock Holmes because uh, our local theater gets everything really late. And uh, surprisingly, it was a really good movie. Um, it was well shot. The action is well balanced in it. Um, I loved it. There's part, uh, in fact, one of the opening scenes, and they only do this a few times. I wish they would have done it more throughout the movie. They show how his mind works when he's fighting. And he, like, he is waiting in the dark for a guy, and then he goes on ahead. They show the scene of him beating the shit out of him while, in slow motion while he says what he's about to do. And then they go back to that scene where he's just waiting there, and then he just does it all real fast. It's really kind of it's it's awesome, you know, because I don't know. It just shows the inner workings of Holmes' mind. And I always heard, uh, I've, well, I've recently found out that House is actually based off Sherlock Holmes, and I really like the show House, so maybe that's why you I was more into this. this. Yeah, and then sitting in the theater, start laughing because it dawned on me, House Holmes. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch on to that. And then uh I don't know if I sh- I really don't want to even mention this fucking film. We we got one through Netflix. It's called Why She Was Out. This film <laughs> There's a part where she is running from people trying to kill her. She stops to take a shit in a creek. I kid you not, they're right behind her screaming her fucking name. And she just drops trowel, and then she kills one. Of them. She kills one of them, and then apologizes to the river. <laughs> I, I think that's that's what we refer to as the J Dirty. Was that that? Or no, that's the uh, the brown tranny or something like that. No, that's a J Dirty is taking a dump in a river, then killing somebody and apologizing to the river. <laughs> I'm, I'm submitting bullshit. that. It's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shit. Uh, oh, oh, and I reap the rewards. That's nothing. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, the whole movie could have easily been settled because she leaves a note on someone who's double parked on their window, and that's why they decide to kill her because she left a note on their window. Fucking road rage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, the beginning of the movie shows, like, her husband beats the shit out of her, and... Because he loves her. Yeah, because he loves her. I mean, 
that that's that's the only way to really show love for a woman. At least from that website I discovered over the weekend, but I won't get into that. Now really I ran uh happened over a form of pro wife beating. And it was the most disturbing. Wow. It was you wanted to laugh at some of the stuff, but then you feel kind of bad because you know it's happening to real women and I'm like, oh but it's hey, still kind isn't of- isn't that um movie night dot Because I was reading I, the same thing. I believe so. You know, I believe so. But anyways, uh, alert there. If, if you want to see a movie where a woman does everything stupid, because I mean the premises of this movie on the we we wanted to watch this a long time ago. We wanted to buy it from Walmart. We just didn't have the money. The back of the movie says a woman who's being attacked by killers is left to one last resort to kill them with everything inside a toolbox. That's it. Sounds sounds like there's a lot of potential for like a torture porn almost. That's where they get you. Yeah, and then we get watching it. <laughs> she she can't run. I mean, everything she does, you can call it on the screen. She's going to fall. There she falls. She hurts her. She's, the only surprising thing is she doesn't hurt her ankle. She busts her shoulder up, which leaves a blood she, trail. She wasn't a chai lie by any chance, was she? <laughs> she pretty much seems like it. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a fucking stupid movie. And then don't don't get on IMDb and say it. Everybody says it's a great film on there. Fuck them. Yeah, but I mean... If you're on IMDb and you're listening to this podcast, fuck you, turn it off. <laughs> well, there's one person that made it actually sound interesting, that if the movie would have ended where it was apparently her kids had died and her husband was only beating her because he couldn't stand the fact that she couldn't get over it and he had, and then the whole thing of her being chased through the woods was in her head, and she goes home and kills her husband. Because, I mean, that's how the movie ends. She just blows her brains out of her husband's head. I'll go in. I don't like ruining movies, but this movie's shit. I'll ruin it for everybody. <laughs> there was a movie I watched like that. What the hell? I think it was Dead of Winter. Oh, no, yeah. they, were, they were just imagining it. It wasn't real. <laughs> See, that would have made this movie so much better. <laughs> that movie. Dead of Winter? Fuck Jesus. you. Jesus. <laughs> but instead... Not to be confused with the movie The Last Winter, which is a Ron Perlman vehicle, which I actually enjoyed, despite its incredibly heavy-handed environmental message. Oh, did you like that one? I haven't seen it yet. I heard it was really heavy-handed. I did. It it was very heavy-handed. I mean, you have to pretty much check your intelligence at the door, but if if you can do that, it's a pretty good movie besides that. Yeah, I got a pretty big There's a lot of good survival stuff going on. A big Ron Perlman man crush, almost like my Willem Dafoe man crush. Yeah, just about everything he's in, I love it. Anyways, this, this movie was just... I could go on with everything that was wrong about it. And like I said, I gave away the ending because really, when she after she kills everybody, she goes home, parks her thing, her vehicle, which she's ran into a tree. Was she Asian? <laughs> well, that was her. That was her attempt to get away. She decided to go on a back street that led to nowhere. She hits a tree, and then her plan is run out into the woods, and and just. Do whatever is possible for them to catch up with her. And, uh, yeah, she just gets home, walks through the rain for five minutes. There's literally a five-minute scene of her walking from the gated community gate. She got a bra on? Yeah. And uh, she goes home. She goes home, kisses her kids on the head, and then blows her husband's brains out. And I'm just like, that was shit. (laughs) I, I mean, it's... You know, everybody's like, it's a woman's empowerment movie. Why not make her husband like the guy who sent these people after her to kill her? Then that could be a woman's empowerment movie. 
This was just stupid shit. But I'm just, I don't want to even talk about it anymore. Uh, then we watched uh, Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell in it, and I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. And uh, not like the best humor in the world, but it was uh, well entertaining. And then other than that, just been on the internet keeping up with all the uh, late night drama between Conan and Jay Leno. I'm Team Coco. <laughs> and that's all I've been up to. Okay, can anybody answer me why it is Coco, please? I don't know, and apparently <laughs> Brian does not know. He doesn't. He doesn't like it. Like the last couple of episodes, he's like, "I wish people would quit calling me Coco." <laughs> Call me I'm... Muffin, damn it! <laughs> yes, Muffin. That's so much better. Oh, nice. There's a guy in Kentucky named Muffin. <laughs> Muffin of the Undead. This sounds like a movie. That sounds like a sexual movie with. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, yeah, I'm definitely seeing kind of a less classy, less interesting dead girl thing going on. Mm. I'd watch it. It's a guy. Dead girl in a trailer. <laughs> well, we going to write this zombie chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we gonna, I reckon I will. Mm. Got to look up 30 Muffin, too. There's got to be a 30 Muffin on this. <laughs> God damn. A little note to myself there. We fully support Urban Dictionary here on Movie Night. Yeah, every time we go there, we get a we get a penny. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. every time you look up one of the terms that we have probably invented in our heads, which are all copyright (laughs) and the property of Movie Night Podcast. (laughs) And I'm a legal notary, so I've signed and noted and stamped all those documents. On the computer file hard drive. Yes. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, that computer crashed after I did that, but um, <laughs> it's it's there. The files are there. All right, Undead, is that it? That is it, because I really <laughs> have devoted this week to writing uh, culinary scripts for Diner Dis Mortis. So. You do those? I thought that was somebody else. No, see, spoiler, he, spoiler. He he writes the script. Somebody else does them for him. Oh, I entered Donner. I uh, I introduced Donner. Uh, I introduced Donner saying my name. Oh, I guess I never listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> you must be getting you must be getting that mixed up with that Jeb guy that calls in on the oh that fucking the, uh, Jeb and his idiot brother. Those yeah. two. I'm gonna have to put a ban on those guys. Hopefully hey, next week's is uh is pretty good. Yeah, they call in on our uh, what is that? That voicemail. What is the number for that? I can't remember. Two zero six 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 four six one nine. Uh uh uh, you messed up. Well six, done, muffin. Six six That was awesome. To, yeah, that was great. So so lest the great Rhino uh, escape without uh, telling us what have you been watching oh. this week, Rhino? Oh. All right, well, uh, I started out with Pandorum. Wife brought it home from work, and Pandorum was, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on the guy's name now. What's his name? Not Dances with Wolves. Uh, the other guy. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Costner? It's not Costner. It's, uh, is it? Yeah. Right. Let me start over. Did uh, he have a really bad accent? Yeah, who's the, who the hell is in Pandorum? God damn it, I should have wrote that down. 
Tobey Maguire. <laughs> this fall, Tobey Maguire is Spider-Woman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, we're, now we're going back to uh, Tropic Thunder, where he was in the uh, Hell's Abbey preview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that was that so was disturbing great. when they grabbed each other's little knots. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been better than that. That whole trailer showed more romance than Brokeback did. Dennis Quaid, God, I got to get more sleep. Dennis Quaid, the other Kevin Costner, as I like to call him. Uh, it stars Dennis Quaid as the. Well, we don't know. He's uh, um, this is going to be kind of spoiler heavy if you haven't seen Pendorum. Actually, I, I, maybe I won't even talk about it a whole lot, because it, it 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 does have some twists in it that I thought were really good that could be spoiled by getting too into it. Since it just came out this week on DVD, maybe I'll let it go. Um, but Pandora... Well, yeah, we're just kind of saying what we watch. We're not we're not, we're not, not actually reviewing everything, are we? No, no. That's. I'll just say I watched Pandorum. Um, sci-fi action. It was, it was good. Good writing. Um, good good special effects. Good pace. I really liked it. You know, the movie kind of flies right by. I uh, watched Gamer with... Uh, Oh, am I drawing a fucking blank here? Who's the guy? Gil Gerard. Gil Gerard from uh, Three Hundred Guy. Yeah. Yep. That one was all right. If you like Death Death Race, that just came out a couple of years ago, it's a lot like Ooh, Death Race. Ouch! <laughs> ouch! <laughs> Ow! Ow! You just shot that puppy in the leg. Yeah, it's. <laughs> if you don't like Death Race, you probably won't like this because it's it's along the same lines. It's basically a video game played with real people. So. So basically, they like throw out all the rules of prisoner transfer and prisoner handling, and say, "Hey, let's give these guys really powerful machines and have them run in circles, where only portions of the time they'll be under any kind of observation or threat of recall." <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. And be surprised when something happens. And then, wow. Well, he escaped. I can't believe these guys got out. <laughs> so that's yeah. Eighties film. I would have to say that yeah, that's probably along that line. If you if you didn't like Death Race, you aren't gonna like this. Uh, it, it's along that line. It's an action movie. It was good. It had decent special effects. The characters are all a bunch of fucking idiots, but it's an action movie. <laughs> yeah. Watched a movie called Blood Creek. Blood Creek is a pretty small movie that just came out. I don't. I didn't really recognize anybody that was in it. it had a fairly decent story. It was uh, uh, a Nazi occult guy comes to the U.S. to search for... Uh, Nazi artifacts during World War II. Basically, while he's here, he finds some rune stones that give him immortality of a sort, and hilarity ensues. (laughs) (laughs) Blood Creek was all right. If I was given give it a rating, I'd maybe give it two and a half stars to three stars. Not great, but if you can see it, it's not bad. The other one I watched was the one Dan brought up was Vanishing Point. Vanishing Point was, to me, it was, it has the great look, because I love movies from the 70s just from a, a cinematic point, you know, the way they look. It looked great, it had a lot of really kick-ass cars and stuff in it, but the story just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, but how about that fucking nudity? Oh, oh my god. Everywhere. Full frontal, full ass, full tits, constantly, like almost every other scene. The one girl. Walk. That one girl. There <laughs> was oh, the biker girl, that, that yeah. blonde. Whew. No. Had to check 
movie label to make sure she was 18 because no oh my god there were no tan lines that girl's been naked like that for a long fucking time <laughs> it definitely it definitely is worth a, a seeing but it's not it's not something i'd watch again you know it's another one it also had a lot of really interesting like social probing and 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 commentary and stuff like that without being that ram it down your throat romero style commentary where it's you have to believe like me they just said this is what we're thinking about all these different groups yeah, that's, kind of that's stuff. to me actually i'd have to say it was a bit more heavy-handed than you thought it was you goddamn oh. northerner you probably thought the civil war was all about slavery too. it was about taxes it was about taxes God damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I don't know i guess and that was that's where it lost me was i just i thought the the premise behind it was kind of lame because i mean literally if this guy would have just fucking pulled over early in the movie he gets a ticket. It had had he just pulled over. Oh, don't 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 give out the ending because the ending oh, no, is so cool. I'm not cool. giving out the ending. I'm just saying that literally this movie could have been 15 minutes long because he'd have just pulled over, got a speeding ticket, and went on his way. <laughs> well, but rolled. then it wouldn't have been vanished. Yeah, point. It would have been speeding <laughs> ticket. Been speeding ticket. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, it just. But they, a lot of these movies from this time do have that, you know, where it's just kind of bizarre circumstances, and I. It, it really did make me nostalgic, though, because, you know, I, me and Dan are the same age. I grew up in the late 70s, and it has that really good late 70s feel to it, you know. Uh, it, it was all right. I'm probably spending too much time on it. Let's take one final break, and then we'll come back with everybody's recommendations. To the book depository! This is a LibriVox recording. Hold it. Nobody said anything about three books. Oh, that's a wisely. So busy filling me full of secret little words and his phrases and his baloney that he never said anything about this. Gotta give him one thing. Pick him and his guitar! Alright, welcome to another Illiterates Library. On today's episode, I'm going to be covering the Ghost Stories Collection 5 from LibriVox. This is a collection of 15 short stories by various artists. It's got Ambrose Bierce, Edgar Allan Poe, Jack London, H.P. Lovecraft, and Leonid Andradov. There's a handful of others. There's even one by an anonymous source. So let's get this rolling here. The first three are Ambrose Bierce stories. Pretty typical Ambrose Bierce. They're short to the point the first one is an arrest and that one was actually pretty good i like that one it's a story of a criminal who escapes and uh is that eventually recaptured by the ghost of the guard he killed spoiler again it's these are all really short really plain stories the other lodgers is really short present at a hanging pretty short all in all these stories all average about a three star the audio quality is really good on all three Next one is Conclave of Corpses. This is the anonymous story. Story about a monk running into some ghosts in a crypt underneath the monastery that he lives in. Good thing it's anonymous. The, the next one is The Bowman by Arthur McCann. Uh, it's a World War I story about British soldiers who uh, have a bunch of ghost bowmen come to their aid when they're being attacked by Germans. Again, it's it's another one. These these first five are, are nothing spectacular. The arrest is maybe the best of the first five. 
This collection gets a lot better with the next five. The next one is The Facts in the Case of M. Voldemort. It's a Edgar Allan Poe story that reads a lot like an H.P. Lovecraft story. It's about a mesmerist who hypnotizes a friend of his moments before he dies. And what ends up happening is, it, I think what they're trying to say is they trapped his soul in his body because the, the corpse is conscious. I want to say he says for another couple of weeks, it's like seven weeks. Finally, they decide to try and wake the corpse from the hypnosis. And when they do, the uh, the, the, the spirit escapes and the corpse rots away. That's a, a really simplified version of the story. A person who read it did a good job and the story is really good. The next one is The Strange Disappearance of Jeremiah Dance by Elliot O'Donnell. This one is, is a longer one, but it's pretty boring. It takes place in, uh, must be the 1800s, in uh, some estate in England. Not real exciting. The story after that is A Terrible Old Man by H.P. Lovecraft. A pretty well-known story. Pretty short. The story after that is Dreamtown by Henry Henry Slicer. Story of a of a guy who gets stuck in a small town overnight because his car is stolen by a hitchhiker. The story itself is pretty weak, but the guy who reads it does a really good job. This is almost like a uh, a radio play. He does he does a bunch of different voices, and it's that the recording on this is really strong. It, it makes what's a pretty weak story pretty entertaining. The final of this next five is The Francis Spate by Jack London. This is actually a really good one. It's a story of a ship that's set adrift in a, in a bad storm by a bunch of incompetent sailors, and they spend the next few weeks floating around waiting for some rescue. Finally, they end up out of food, out of water, and starving to death. They decide it's time to kill somebody to eat them, to, to cannibalize one of the crew. There's a, a boy on board that everybody hates, so they all decide to rig a, a lot drawing. They're gonna they're gonna kill the boy and eat him. Well, in the process of fighting with him and getting all this done, they don't realize that the rescue ship has come up on him. And basically, moments after they kill him, the rescue ship arrives. This one's pretty deep. It's well written. Yeah, well well written, well read. It's a good story, start to finish. I, I like this one a lot. Another one of the stronger ones of the of the group. I want to say this one was 30 minutes. This one's a little longer, too. One I forgot to mention was Nier Lothotep. Nier Lothotep is on, in that first 10, another H.P. Lovecraft uh, short. I think everybody kind of knows what Nier Lothotep is. Kind of a charlatan um, magic man around the turn of the century. Not one of the greatest H.P. Lovecrafts. It's pretty short. This leads us to Lazarus, the strongest story and possibly one of the best short stories in any of these groups. This is a story I first heard about from Sam on Cadaver Lab. He had read it in a collection of short stories and a book he bought. Um, this was written around the turn of the century by a Russian writer, Leonid Andradon. It's a fictional story about what happened to Lazarus after Jesus left. It's... It's long. It's 45 minutes. Um, it covers several phases of, of what they call Lazarus' second life. It's it's good. It's deep. It's <sighs> the guy who read it did an excellent job. He really, I think, captured the tone of the story. Kept even the pacing. He, he reads it slow, and it, it fits the story really good. This is 45 minutes, start to finish, and it's. This is by far my favoriteest of any of the short stories I've heard on any of these. Uh, this is this one story is the whole reason to download this collection. The collection as a whole, when you listen to the whole thing, is pretty strong. 
the Lazarus is definitely the jewel of the, of the bunch here. Alright, and after that we have another Edgar Allan Poe story, The Oval Portrait. This is a pretty short one. Again, good audio, well written. It's a story of a painter so obsessed with painting. While he's painting the portrait of his wife, his wife dies, supposedly capturing her spirit in the painting. I'm not doing this one justice. It's it's a decent story. Uh, the story after this is The Open Window. It's by a, a writer named Saki. Never heard of him. This story is lame. It's horrible. It's really short. It's basically about a girl who tells lies and scares people. Definitely the worst of the group. This is a just a shitty story. But this leads us to our final story of the group, which is The Voice in the Night. The Voice in the Night is by... Oh, let me take a look here. William Hope Hodgson. Sounds familiar. He's probably famous, and I'm probably sounding like a dumbass. Um, this is a story that reminded me a lot of the Stephen King story in Creepshow, where he's attacked by the grass. It reminds me a lot of The Color in the Sky by H.P. Lovecraft. I, I don't think I want to ruin this one, because the story is good. It's a shorter story... The guy who reads it's a little goofy, but he, he's definitely, he's doing a good job. Like I said, I don't know how much I want to get into the story. Let me just say, this is maybe one of the stronger ones of the group, too. This is maybe number three. If, if Lazarus is one and Francis Spade is two, the voice in the night is three. But everything else in here is, is a real solid pick. Yeah, the facts in the case of M. Voldemort, too, was another one. I'd probably rate that one number four. And then a handful of these probably tie at number five. But this is this is definitely a good group if you want to download the whole group. And you can you can throw this in and listen to this start to finish and kill a couple hours. Uh, again, this is from LibriVox. The links will be in the show notes. And think that is going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Illiterates Library for people too damn lazy to read it for themselves. Alright, let's go around the table. Everybody want to make, some, make a recommendation for the week? I'm going to go ahead and recommend people check out Dead Like Me. It's uh, another one of those series that was on a long time ago. Nobody watched it when it was out. It disappeared. And if you go back and revisit it now, uh, free on Netflix InstaView, you're going to have an incredible viewing experience. Who's uh, who's all in that, Dan? Uh, pretty much nobody that I know except for Mandy Patinkin, who's uh, you know Inuga Montoya from uh, Princess Bride, and he was on... Uh, one of the CSI ripoffs, does, like uh, NCIS or something like yeah. that. And I think now he's actually on one of the CSIs or something. It's not CSI. It's but, one of the CSI uh, ripoffs, I think, because my wife watches yeah. it. Yeah. He, he does a really great job. Everyone does a great job, but the cast is like pretty much all full of unknowns. There is um, Jasmine Guy, who Rhino and I will remember from the Cosby show, and that's pretty much the only people who will remember her. And uh, there's another guy who looks almost exactly like David Tennant, but other than that, it's it's nobody that you know. I remembered her from uh, Living Color. <laughs> Oddly enough, oh, wait, not in wait, wait, am I getting mixed up? Living Color was that one? Um, that shit, was with the were... Wayans brothers. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah and the, Jim Carrey the, and everything. 
Yeah, the Cosby spinoff where um, oh, different world, the, different the real, world. Yeah, different, yeah. Uh, that's black. I'm editing. I admit that. that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, what's your recommendation? I would definitely have to recommend Daybreakers, especially if you're tired of the same old Twilight crap and you're ready for some good vampire blowing up and sticking through the heart. So this is Daybreakers this is more way of an action right movie now. than a horror movie. Oh yeah, it's way more action than horror. Yeah, definitely. Undead? Well, I was going to suggest The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien, but by the time this airs, he's not going to be on the network anymore. So the only thing I've really watched <laughs> that's... <laughs> and I, I, I like... I, I, you know, now it's Jay... my webcam with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I felt sad because growing up, Jay Leno was the one on there. But after he left, I was like, hey, I like it. Like I can watch Conan earlier. Yeah. <laughs> And Conan's actually way funnier, so, you know, I'm pissed about the whole thing, but I'm not going to rant about it on here. It's movie night, not late night television. Um, I'm going <laughs> to recommend, out of the shit I've watched, uh, that's out, uh, Land of the Lost. Really? Over yeah, Sherlock Holmes, huh? Well, I said uh, that's out. I mean, if I'm going to do one, I thought that's what we did once they're out. Uh, I'll fucking say Sherlock Holmes then, because that's goddamn glorious movie that's cool it was the best one I, I don't know maybe it was the first time where i've not been in a theater in a long time but it was a very shitty theater so it has to be good if i thought it was good <laughs> in a shitty theater <laughs> all right well for me i'm gonna recommend pandorum you know, I, it just came out i really liked it it's good good story again it was another one kind of like daybreakers it's more action than horror but uh, it had a decent mix of sci-fi awesome and i guess and i guess we can say is uh if the listeners out there would like to tell us what they watched or what they recommend, they can go to www.podcasts. You're a dick. I had that all planned out, ready to go for when you finish. You just fucked it up. Sniping your ass. And now we know what a dirty rhino is. From behind. You're expecting one thing and then something else gets shoved in there and you're like, what? <laughs> and it comes at the speed of a rhino. Well, God damn it! All right, uh, Jay, you were saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, everything I said before. Plus, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. If you would like to tell us what you watched or what you would recommend that we watch, go to www.movienightpodcast.wordpress.com. You can link to our forums from there. Well, do we, like do we have special. an email address there, Jay? I, I don't remember. I, I I believe we do. Do you happen to know what that is, Undead? Which one are we looking for, the Hotmail or the Gmail? Hotmail. <laughs> hotmail. All righty. It's Movie Night Podcast at Hotmail. That's H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot com. And I believe <laughs> you can find us all on Twitter and Xbox Live. With our users. Right. Oh, we have an iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody did a really good job on that too. I wonder who did that. That was that was great. Because there's there's three of us that use iTunes and there's only one review. That's that's weird. I swear it wasn't me because I would have probably said something negative and derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> well, this podcast shit. I'm I'm just learn to microphone. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> that Jay that Jay Dirty has a voice that's uh, very assumed and breathy. <laughs> I, just, I just want to publicly take this moment to, to once again apologize for like the 30th time. I'm so sorry, Brent. I didn't mean it. <laughs> or I did, but 
But then I grew smarter over time, so I'm still sorry. She ain't listening. <laughs> Nobody else is listening. There's the hell. There's three of us, and we only got one fucking podcast review. <laughs> three of us that use iTunes. Uh, you know, I disagree. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Jay just got kicked off the show. <laughs> Way to go, right? There's four of us. <laughs> You're being a sorry. The guy's name was Gus. You're pit us. Taiwan and Thailand are different places. Holy shit, He's Bob. He's fucking Bob. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Jay, that he kicked you, but you know. It was just, we all hate Jay Leno, so. <laughs> oh, so everybody yeah. got hate Jay Dirty, too? It's, it, you should, it, it's, shit rolls downhill, man. I mean, people are going to quit watching NBC. Now they're going to quit watching the listening to the podcast because we got a Jay on there. No, 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 because now they got all this free time. They're looking for an hour to kill. Or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well just, make sure. <laughs> just for saying that, Undead, I'm going to come into a. Uh, your town there in Kentucky, Kentucky and make a J Dirty in your river. <laughs> hey, yeah, as long as you apologize. Hey. I won't. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Don't worry. Everybody's shit goes into the river around here. <laughs> I don't think there's a septic take one. The whole town smells like shit because we got a water cleaning plant right, right down the road. I've just gotten so used to the smell of shit. <laughs> Some mornings walk out, I was like, oh, God, it smells worse than normal. <laughs> At least you can laugh about it, Undead. That's the, the only thing to do. I hate to know what this shit's doing to my lungs. It, it looks good on you, though. It looks good on you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been getting kind of tan since I moved over here a year ago. What is <laughs> Washes off every night. It's kind of strange. No, seriously, though, if anybody wants to see where I live... There's actually two semi-famous people that make videos on YouTube that go around through here. It's the um, Dead Pit guys. Uh, don't know if you all, you all know them, but a lot of other people in the horror communities know them. And uh, they have videos of this tiny little shit town on their YouTube. So, And the creepy-ass lawyer sign that has a mannequin on it. Of himself, because he has that much money. <laughs> if he would pay me, I would put the uh, advertisement that he has on all the radio stations on here. But he won't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it without you all we knowing. Could... I'd have to steal this content. Well, won't you go ahead and try to give our uh, voicemail number out there again, Rhino? Yeah, the number to call is 206-4619. There we go. That is how you put a number out there. You know who yes. we need is we need Metal Mikey to do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I think there's anyone who's well-practiced. I have I have a question. Just just like a conversation thing, I, I bring this up with everybody, and I haven't brought it up with you guys. If your spouse gets turned into a zombie, would you have the guts to shoot them in the head? I actually shot mine just yeah. in case she would turn into a zombie. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally would if if she hadn't already taken herself out before that happened we've talked about that before obviously part of the whole survival prep thing it's in the living yes yeah, see, <laughs> see my wife would probably try to talk me out of it but yeah she'd get one right between the eyes see i tell my wife that and she you know what she says i wouldn't shoot you i'm like well why the fuck wouldn't you because i'm not gonna love you anymore when i'm dead i'm gonna be trying to eat you it might seem like love. It might seem like I'm drawn <laughs> to you. 
but I'm only drawn to you for your flesh and not because I find you beautiful, because I find you tasty and not in, not in a good way to find this, a woman. Tasty. Is this the same guy who's made two recipes out of his wife? <laughs> so what's uh, zombie muffin different from undead muffin? <laughs> oh, God. Haven't done it yet. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, so I haven't cooked her. Well, you know, that could almost be the difference between the infected and the zombies. Yeah, they're both doing the same thing, but whether or not they're dead or not. Huh? So right now you're just infected, but then you'd be a zombie. Well, if you want to get right down to it, I am infected. Ingrown toenail that never goes a fuck away. That's the beginning of the zompocalypse. <laughs> Probably. It actually almost killed me once, but I won't get into that. <laughs> Only John Madden can help you now with tough acting to acting. That shit don't work. <laughs> uh, but uh, man, I really so hope Clorox that... does. <laughs> you pour some Clorox on your feet, and I bounce them over the rim of the toilet, and pour a bunch of bleach on your feet. You're gonna have no foot fungus at all. It's not. It's not a fungus. It's uh, genetically. Uh, my dad's toenails did this too. Uh, they grow crooked and Cro- crooked. Yeah, crooked. Can we can we have the definition for crooked? <laughs> what? Are you serious? I sound weird because I said crooked. Crooked. Oh, As many of us many of us spell that word with a D, but <laughs> it's a it's a crooked that's turned to a life of crime. That's that's a that's a southern thing. I don't even pronounce my name right of my real name. I call myself David. So. I'm serious. So, so that would be Apocalypse Dat or Tat Tan? <laughs> is what? that what we're saying that now? No, no, the first D is always pronounced. The oh, the first D is good? Yeah, Christ, yes. Jay, get with the program. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dialect okay. thing. It's a so, dialect so thing. So you're, you're undead. Yeah, I'm undead. No, I'll, I'll pronounce the D <laughs> dead. I don't well, know why. What the hell? You can't have different rules for the same thing. They just don't. That oh, Whatever. If this was it's a movie, right. I'd have turned it off. Well, <laughs> this is way too up. much exposition. I'm gonna fast forward yeah. to the titties. <laughs> Bad hey. news, Dan. No titties. <laughs> Actually, considering the crew we're in, I think titties would be the bad news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so oh, yeah, so the toenail grows crazy, and I've had it. Actually, they removed it and told me it would never grow back. Fucking grew back in three weeks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying for them to cut it out again. You're just part Wolverine. That's all there is to it. Yeah. That's your that's superpower. Growing toenails. <laughs> God, that's shittier than Snake's power. Get him some spandex and a cape. <laughs> that's his superhero name. He's Crooked. Crooked, the crooked toenail grower. Fucking Crooked. <laughs> Never fear. Crooked is here. His was a full body leather suit, which is supposed post. <laughs> <laughs> he measured the sound it makes when he walks. <laughs> oh, oh man! Yeah, get him some of them slut boots like in the movie, but cut the toes off them. They're slut man. Oh man! This is this is all trademark, trademark, trademark. It's like, yeah, it's a gimp suit with a ball gag. What the fuck is he saying? (laughs) I think he wants us to stop what we're doing. 
toenail shaped and looking cape. <laughs> oh God! And just because I'm from Kentucky, you gotta have that rooster jiggly shit that a rooster has on its throat—the comb. <laughs> you just gotta have that. All so, right. So in a KFC reference. Oh man. I think Dan got out of here. He's he's done talking to everybody. <laughs> I'm uh, just slowly dying inside. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. I'm I've been no, on no. for so long. I've got an overactive imagination. <laughs> oh, you got you got plenty of money rolling in now, man. Nothing makes money like podcasting. I'm glad. I know. I'm price. so surprised. I got that check this morning, and and then went to cash it, and they told me that Monopoly money, you know, but. I think somebody wrote me a bad check. <laughs> somebody, who's skimming my money? Maybe somebody could write us an iTunes review. Mm. Another iTunes review. Yes, we have. And remember, oh, I already did iTunes. one. Uh, it's the one that was already up there. <laughs> it was uh, unbiased opinion or something like that. That's me. <laughs> and, uh, That's a really um, good review. It's five stars. <laughs> Rhino, when are you going to do one? Um, I don't listen to the show. <laughs> well, we got to sponsor our uh, iTunes special, and our iTunes our iTunes segment is sponsored by Head On. It goes <laughs> you apply directly to the head. Head On apply directly. <laughs> oh God, I hate those commercials. We probably should have made an announcement that we are now on iTunes. <laughs> we just did. I'll put, yeah. a, I'll put That'll a be our announcement. And, and do you guys even give a shit what movie we're watching next week? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, we <laughs> yeah, I still want to be able to, even though my notes didn't work, I'd, I'd still like to know. Okay, well, I uh, picked one called Hide and Creep. Ooh. Have any of you guys seen that yet? I think I've seen it. Have not? <laughs> Sounds horrible. Is it, a- it, it, it looks horrible. Have you, is it a zombie movie? I don't know. The The way they talk about it, it's uh, in the description. It says uh, undead, but in the, uh, uh, like how it's listed as B-movie and whatever, I think it says vampire, so not for sure. See, there's but a hot, there's a movie I've watched that's like a bunch of Tennessee or West Virginia guys got together and shot this, and it's really hick, and... Um, it's about zombies, but I think I, I'm not sure if it's called Hide and Creep or not. I'll check it out. Oh, it looked pretty horrible, so I figured it's right up our line. 2004. Did you find it? Holy shit! This has got it's got five uh five out of ten stars on IMDb. It's actually a really good movie. It's the one if it's the one I'm thinking of because I watched it a long time ago on Sci-Fi and then finally found it again on Netflix. If it's the one I'm thinking, so I might do the uh. Uh, meat market movie. Yeah, that one looks pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, I, I fall asleep every time I watch it. So when it comes my <laughs> turn, when it comes my turn, I know there's titties in it. I, I, my wife caught me sleeping on the couch, and she's like, "What are you doing watching it?" Oh, uh, uh, I'm awake. And she, she, thought I was, she thought I was faking being asleep. But... All right. Well, I think we got enough for uh, another episode here. Yeah, I remember the uh, email address is uh, movie night podcast at hotmail.com voicemail number is 206-666-4619 till next week that's it for movie night goodbye goodbye from ty
Goodbye. <laughs>